So we're going to be in Genesis chapter 20 tonight. And last week, um, we had a lesson on Esau and Jacob, and we talked about promises, uh, the promises of God. And one of the things we talked about was how that uh, Rebecca, Isaac's wife, uh, because she knew that, that the children were a promise that God opened the womb, that she was confused because she was having a hard pregnancy. She said, uh, if, if I'm pregnant, then why is it this way? If God promised me this pregnancy, and this pregnancy is a promise from God, why would it be hard? And we talked for a few minutes about how just because something is a promise from God doesn't mean it ain't going to cost us. Right. Doesn't mean there isn't going to be work for us to do. And how, if you start in Genesis and go all the way through the Bible, you cannot find this modern-day false doctrine that everything is on God. Right. And all we have to do is open our mouth and, and just accept God, and then that's it. Nothing's required of us. There's, there's no uh, commitment to God required. There's no relationship required. You can't find that doctrine in the Bible. No. And so when we talked about this last week, now here's a little uh, a tip I want to give you guys uh, to enrich your study life. Uh, the Bible is available uh, in audio Bible. You can get it on your phone. You can load it on your phone. Um, and you can set it so it plays a certain number of chapters on repeat over and over and over again. Now, we know the Bible's alive. Even the spoken word is alive, right? So well, what I do is whenever I'm on a certain section that I'm reading, I'll take that section and I'll make a playlist uh, on my phone, right? Like you can make a playlist of songs. You can do the same thing with the audio Bible. So what I did was I made a playlist and I used Genesis 21 through 26 and I just named it Isaac. And I'll put that thing on in the car. I'll put it on when I'm doing my chores out on the farm. I'll put it on in the house when I'm doing something here and just let it repeat. And you will be amazed how there's parts of that word that has never stuck out to you before that when you're listening and you're not looking at it and you're even thinking about something else and it seems like your your spirit is free that you're not focusing so your spirit just naturally receives parts of that word that is never connected before and so i would encourage you if you can to find the audio bible and start to listen to that uh, in the house, in the car, and just let it play over and over, even when you think you're not listening to it, okay? Now, so what I did after last week, that section of Scripture and the promises stuck with me so strong, uh, and the, the character flaws that were obvious in Esau and in Jacob uh, stuck in me so strong, that I realized that I needed to go back to the beginning. I needed to go back to the first uh, human after Noah that God uh, made a promise with, that where the covenant starts, and a man we refer to as Father Abraham. And the reason I needed to do that was because that some of the flaws in Esau and Jacob, uh, they didn't just wake up one day with those flaws. Some of those flaws were handed down through the family line. And one thing we need to keep in mind is by the time we get to Esau and Jacob, they're just the third generation 
to be in the line of the covenant, the line of the promise, right? They're just the third generation of mankind uh, after Noah and after uh, Adam that had a covenant with God. So they're new. They're new at all this. They haven't learned really how to do this. God is molding them. God is shaping them. So I went back, and we're going to start uh, with chapter 20, uh, and we're going to focus on Abraham tonight. And we're going to talk some more about some promises. And this stuff has blessed me all week. I couldn't wait for tonight, I'm telling you. All right, so, so watch this. Uh, chapter 20, verse number 1. Abraham journeyed from there. Now, this is after he split from Lot, okay? Uh, and he journeys from there toward the south country and dwelled between Kadesh and Shur and sojourned in Gerar. Now, it's important to know that Gerar is the land of a nation that is we're going to become very familiar with as we learn uh, the, the descendants of Abraham later, like with David. They're the Philistines. This isn't even called Philistia yet, right? So Gerar is the land of the Philistines. Now, Abraham told these people in Gerar that Sarah, his wife, she is my sister. Bold-faced lie. And Abimelech, king of Gerar, Abimelech, king of the Philistines, sent and took Sarah. But God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him, Behold, you are a dead man. Can you imagine? We know we all think, man, it'd be something to get a God dream. Well, this dude got a God dream, and he didn't want it. God visits him in a dream and says, you are a dead man. And then he tells him why. Because the woman that you have taken is a man's wife. Now, check this out. This woman is a man's wife. You're a dead man. But look what Abimelech said. But Abimelech had not come near her, and he said, Lord, will you slay also a righteous nation? So, so let this sink in now. When we're first introduced to the Philistines, they're righteous. These ain't the dirtbags leader that's got uh, uh, Goliath of Gath, uh, uh, the uncircumcised Philistines mocking the people of God. This is a righteous nation. And consider this. This man Abimelech is a righteous king. Look what he says. He doesn't say, Lord, please save my life. Lord, are you going to kill me? His first thought is for his people. He says, Lord, are you going to slay also a righteous nation? That's a good man. He's like, kill me, but please don't kill my people. So we have a righteous nation and an honorable king. <laughs> Said he not unto me. So Abimelech is snitching on Abram now. He's like, God, Abraham said unto me, she's my sister. And then she, even she herself lied and said, he is my brother. So Abimelech's like, I haven't done that wrong, God. The man lied to me and the woman lied to me. Then he says, in the integrity of my heart and innocency of my hands, have I done this? And we know this is true because back then we're talking Conan the Barbarian days. When he took Sarah, he could have done whatever he wanted to with her from the minute she got to the palace. So he tells God, he said, Abram lied to me. Sarah lied to me. My heart is in, full of integrity and my hands are innocent. And God said unto him in a dream, yea, 
I know you did this in the integrity of your heart. So God admits that the man had integrity in his heart. And then he says, for I also withheld you from sinning against me. Couple things right there. He says, I also. So he concedes that Abimelech did keep himself from sinning, but God says, I helped him keep from sinning. And then Abimelech says, that I didn't let you sin against me. He didn't say, I didn't let you sin against Sarah, or I didn't let you sin against Abram. He says, I didn't let you sin against me. So God is making obvious his sovereignty right there. Abram and Sarah, and this is, a, this is a, a, an amazing point to me, even while they're lying, even while their hearts have no integrity, while their hands are not innocent, they still belong to God, and God still protected them. Now, can you imagine? There are so many people today that live their life for God up and down and up and down, and the reason they do that is because they gauge God's proximity to them according to how good they're doing on the day. Right? So they go out and they tell a lie. Well, there's a down day. Now listen, we should be convicted, right? If we do something God doesn't like, that's true. But what we need to understand is that if God removed his hand from us when we messed up, my goodness, the only time his hand would be on us when we'd be sleeping, and then it wouldn't be all the time even then, right? We belong to God even when we mess up. Now, that doesn't give us a blank check to sin. Please understand where I'm coming from. That doesn't mean we can behave any old way. No, this isn't once saved, always saved. But you know what it is? I like this. This just came to me. I'm going to copyright this. Once his, always his. You know what that means? That means we can backslide. And he still considers us his. The scripture says God is married to who? The backslider. Ha! And the church is bride. So God is married to the church. And when we make up our mind we're going to leave the church, we can leave the church. We can walk away from God. And we can die lost if we don't come back. But the whole time we're away from God, God doesn't say, fine, have it your way. God doesn't say you're no longer mine. God says, I'm married to you. You got my name. You got my blood. You got my spirit. And you can walk away from me if you want. But I will never quit reaching for you. Man, that is amazing to me. <laughs> Again, it's not a sin to do whatever we want, but it is a, something, a, a source of strength that should be now, a source of strength and comfort for us, because there's going to be times, I don't care how long you've been living for God, there's going to be times where you react in a situation in a way you know good and well, when you start to react that way, you should not, and you know it when you do it, and you do it anyway, and then the whole thing's over with, and all you feel is conviction about it, and then pretty soon, if you're not careful, you can feel self-condemnation. There's a difference. There's a difference between conviction and self-condemnation. Self-condemnation is what happens when we don't respond to conviction. <laughs> this is too smart for me. I think my hair's gonna catch on fire. Self-condemnation is what happens when we don't respond to God's conviction and repent. 
You follow me? When God convicts us, that's designed to draw us back to Him. That's designed to make our heart repentant, to make us feel sorry for what it is that we've done, so we will repent, come back under the blood, and all is well. Well, if we ignore that uh, that conviction, and we don't respond to it, then we don't get back under the blood, and pretty soon the devil's got a billy club beating on one side, and guess who gets another one and beats on the other? We do! That's the difference between conviction and condemnation, right? I thank God that I'm His even when I don't behave in a way that I should. Thank God that God in His mercy gives us time to learn and time to repent. Now, now watch this. this. It gets worse or better, I guess, depending on how you look at it. Yeah. Didn't, verse 5 said, He, she's my sister, and she... She herself said, he's my brother. In the integrity of my heart, and you see my hands, I did this. God said, yeah, I know you did it in the integrity of your heart. I also withheld you from sinning against me. Therefore, suffered I thee not to touch her. Hear this. What would happen to any of us if God's protection left us when we failed him? Think about that. You don't think the devil is standing outside the hedge of protection God has made around you and around me just waiting for that hedge to go down? God don't lower that hedge every time we mess up. God gives us a measure of mercy and long-suffering to deal with us so we can be aware of where we've messed up and we can repent of it and then we can work on our character so we don't make the same mistakes again. Thank God. Now, therefore, God speaking to Abimelech still, restore the man, his wife, look at this, for he is a prophet. Hold up. He's a lying prophet. He is not a repentant prophet. There is no repentance from Abraham. Abraham's not even aware this conversation is taking place, folks. Abraham is still in the commission of a sin, a lie. And just go to the root. Why is he lying? Because he does not trust God yet to protect him. Think about that. He's already recovered Lot. He's already went and fought five kings. He's already shown himself a mighty man, a warrior who can fight and has servants that can fight. But remember, Abraham still hasn't worked through to get to where he needs to be with God yet himself. The promise of Isaac has not come yet. Abraham has not gotten to the place in his own walk with God where he trusts God to protect him. If he did, he'd have told Abimelech, Sarah's my wife. But he didn't. So right now, (laughs) right now, Abraham does not trust God. Sin. Lied to the king. Sin. Told his wife to lie. Sin. And yet God, while Abraham is in the midst of this sin, and his faith is not where it's going to be, not where it needs to be, God sees him as what he is. He didn't say He's a liar. He didn't say he's a baby in me and he's still learning. He said he is a prophet. Now I got I got to do this. God put it on me. 
How many preachers would still be considered preachers today if they got fired for the first thing they did wrong? I wouldn't be. And I'm going to tell you right now, plenty of folks have fired me just thinking I might have done something wrong. Well, if he was a preacher, he wouldn't do that. Well, if that was a real church, they wouldn't do that. You better be careful what you open your mouth and call somebody or a group of somebodies that belong to God. No, they may be wrong. They may be in the midst of something that is not right. I'm not saying that people ought to be able to do what they want. But I am saying we better remember our own mercy when we start thinking yes, someone else amen. don't deserve none. I'm saying we better remember that everybody that professes the name of Jesus has at least opened their mouth and invited God to the work in their life. And we don't know where they are in that process. Right. They might be a preacher that's lying. Well, guess who will handle that? The God yeah. of that preacher will handle that. And he'll take them out to the woodshed. Problem is, if we ain't careful and we just mark somebody off or open our mouth and say they ain't what they say they are, we're going to wind up behind the woodshed right next to the one that deserves it. I can't wait to preach that at church. That's going to be fun in revival. I'm telling you right now, I'm going to meddle all kinds of ways when I preach that somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> hey, plenty of churches have written us off as individuals over less than this. You're right. Yeah. And I got to confess, I've written entire churches off for less than this. Amen. Once you've been burned, man, you, you get to where you're, you're gun shy. And you better be. You got to work out your own salvation with what? Fear, Fear and, trembling. and trembling. So once you learn some hard lessons, you better you better take heed of those lessons. You don't just walk in somewhere and say, "Here I am. Here's my heart. Here's my soul. Do whatever you want to do. Tell me whatever you want to tell me." Oh no, you better not. That's your salvation. But at the same time. Just because something sounds kind of like it did back there, or somebody might act kind of like somebody did back there, we can't be that quick to just write them off. It's right here. God said, <laughs> he's a prophet. Now right now he's a lying prophet, but he's a prophet. Right now he's in training, and he ain't where he needs to be, but he's a prophet. What's the scripture say? The callings of God are what? Without repentance. That means we can't give them back, and God ain't going to be sorry for them. That makes sense? Yes. <laughs> oh, man, that's about three feet of hamburger right there. We're getting to the T-bone here in just a minute. Restore the man his wife. He is a prophet. Now, look at this. This seems backwards. And he shall pray for you. What? Oh, the boat. Seems to me, Abimelech ought to be praying for Abraham. Come on now. Yeah. You know, some people can mess up in the church one time and never be asked to open up a prayer again. You know, you know uh, somebody can miss tithing once or twice and never be asked to do anything again or treated sideways, or looked at funny, or treated different again? That ain't the will of God, man. We, each of us, starting with the preacher, better never forget the amount of mercy 
that we depend on to show up when we show up in front of God. Man, there ain't a human being ever lived or ever will live that ain't going to need mercy to show up right next to them when they stand in front of that white throne in front of God. Mm -hmm. And before we go deciding somebody ain't this and somebody ain't, you're right, we ain't. But we're getting there. God tells him, give him his wife back. He's going to pray for you and you're going to live. So let me get this straight. Unless I go to the dude that lied to me, I'm going to die. Unless I go ask the lying preacher to pray for me, you're going to kill me? <laughs> Let that sink in now. We live in a TBN world. Oh. There, there was some preaching going on one time where they were having this uh, be, uh, be Blessed conference on TBN. And the preacher started preaching that if you'll bless somebody that's already blessed, you'll be blessed more. And the people in the congregation started running up and putting money in the preacher's pockets. And, and then there wasn't no room for no more money. And then they started putting it in other preacher's pockets. We, the world today, in most places, has got this upside down. God... God told him, you better go get the lying prophet to pray for you. Dude had messed up, but he was still what God had called him to be. He just wasn't through his training yet. Look, please don't be too hard on yourself. I don't care if you've only been living for God for 30 days or 30 years like some of us. Know where you should be, and when you biff something you shouldn't biff, don't beat yourself half to death. Father Abraham and many sons. <laughs> yeah. I'm one of them. So when I biff something I shouldn't biff, yeah, let me respond to conviction, but don't let me just cancel out my calling. Don't let me say, well, I can't do that for the Lord now because I did this. Or, well, you know what? I I'm going to have to go tell the pastor I can't teach Sunday school no more because I, no, 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 no. That ain't the way that works, man. You repent, get it right between you and God again, and get on your job. Get back to work. God didn't fire you, and there's a lot of us preachers ain't going to fire you. And you can't fire yourself. All right, I'm trying to move here. Hey, my fault. This is some good stuff. They wrote some really good stuff here. Okay. He's going to pray for you. You're going to live. But if you don't restore her, know that you shall surely die. Look at this. And everybody in your house, your whole family going to die. I'm going to kill you and all that are lying. Don't tell me God don't care about you. Abraham wasn't baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. <laughs> he didn't have the blood on his soul. He didn't have the name of Jesus. God didn't live inside of Abraham, and you can sure tell it. If God felt this way about Abraham, even though Abraham was in the middle of a mess up, how does God feel about you today? No matter where you think you ain't, let me tell you where you are. You are in the service of a merciful God Amen. that came down and put skin on, gave his life for you, rose from the grave for you, and then said, I'm going to top that. I'm going to come live inside you if you'll let me. Don't you go firing yourself. Now, i got to get off that. Therefore, Abimelech got up early in the morning. I bet he did. Yeah. And he called all his servants and told all these things in their ear, and, and the men were so afraid. I bet they was. 
Then Abimelech called Abraham. Now we're getting into some real good scripture right here. Imagine the tension in this room, if you will. Then Abimelech called Abraham and said unto him, What have you done unto us? Abimelech's like, I know how God looks at it, but you and me both know you did this. What have you done to us? And what have I offended you that you have brought on me and my kingdom a great sin? Man, that's straight shooting right there. Abimelech knew what he had to do, right? But still, he's like, Abraham, what, what have you done to us? Why did you do this? How did I offend you? What have I done to you that you would make us just sin? That's a straight shooting question, right? You have done deeds unto me that ought not to be done. But we got Bible right here. Abraham has brought great sin on a righteous man, on a righteous kingdom, and done things that he should not have done. And yet God just called him a prophet. And Abimelech said unto Abraham, What did you see that you've done this thing? Check this out. Abimelech knows this nation is a righteous nation. He knows he's got people that do things the right way. So he's saying, you've been here in my kingdom all this time. What did you see that would would make you do such a thing? You didn't see no thugs up in here. You ain't in Chicago. We don't do no drive-bys. This ain't Yankee land. You in the Bible Belt. And Abraham said, because I thought. That's King James for judge much. Hello? Because I thought. Surely the fear of God is not in this place. Oh, it's just over your church, huh, Abraham? Oh, it's just you all going to heaven, right? That's some deep stuff right here now. Surely the fear of God is not in this place. They're going to kill me for my wife's sake. Well, ain't that funny, Abraham? Because up till now, the only one that sinned is you and your wife. And all these people you didn't think had no God in them ain't done a thing wrong. We got to be careful. I'm just going to tell you what the what the South has taught me. Me and Kitty had served God for 10 years. We were in the kingdom of God for 10 years before God called us down here. And where we were, all we heard over and over again was... If you don't have exactly what we got, you ain't got nothing. Now, I'm not lying to you. That's what we heard. And, you know, when you're a baby, when they tell you your left hand is your right hand, your right hand is your left hand, you ain't grow up believing what mommy and daddy tell you. That's all you hear, all you know. So we heard over and over again, all the time down through the years, that if you ain't got exactly what we got, you ain't got nothing. Well, then God called us somewhere where a whole lot of folks didn't have exactly what we had, and guess what we learned? Oh, they had us something, all right. They had a devotion to God. They had service to God. They had relationship to God. They had a prayer life with God. We met a whole bunch of people that was a lot different than us in the faith of God, and they had a lot of stuff that a lot of us up there didn't have none of. And this is a classic example from Scripture that we have to guard our heart and guard our eyes and our mind that we don't fall into the trap 
that just because somebody hasn't done this, this, or this, or they're not here, here, or here, well, then people ain't going to know anything about God. They're not going to behave in a godly manner. That's exactly what Abraham and Sarah did, only to have the only two people in the entire story acting like they didn't know God was the only two that thought they did. Ooh, that's good preaching right there. I don't care who you are. <laughs> and yet, indeed, now you, you, you all heard that old saying, a half-truth. You know how that ends? A half-truth is what? Why? A whole lie. A whole lie. <laughs> a half-truth is a whole lie, right? Check this out. You know, Abraham's still running his mouth. And yet, indeed, Abimelech, she is my sister, because she's the daughter of my father, but not the daughter of my mother. And she became my wife. And it came to pass when God caused me to wander from my father's house. Boy, thank God. What a mess he'd be if he'd still been there. That I said unto her, this is my kindness, which you will show unto me. He's talking about a deal he made with Sarah. At every place we go, say of me, he is my brother. Now, you ready for this? Now remember, Abraham is being trained by God. And remember that there are a lot of reasons that God did not give Abraham the promise immediately. One of the reasons has become an evident in the story. Can you believe this is the second time Abraham has told the same lie to a king? <laughs> Turn back to chapter number 12 in the same book. Keep a bookmark here. We're coming back. Genesis chapter number 12 and verse number 10. See, there's things all of us have to learn in our own walk with God. There are things in the kingdom of God that we will not receive from God until we acquire certain characteristics certain traits, certain levels of honor, integrity, and truth. <laughs> Here's an example. Here Abraham is, almost getting a whole nation murdered, and it ain't the first time it's happened. Genesis 12, verse number 10. There was a famine in the land. Now here he ain't even Abraham yet. He's really a new baby in God. And Abram went down into Egypt to sojourn there, for the famine was grievous in the land. And it came to pass, when he was come near to enter into Egypt, that he said unto Sarai, his wife, Behold now, I know that you're a hot. Oh, my bad. I know that you are a fair woman to look upon. This woman's like in her 80s. She's still that gorgeous, he's worried about it. Therefore, it shall come to pass... When the Egyptians shall see thee, they're going to say, this is his wife. They will kill me and save you alive. You see, he has no trust in God to protect him yet. Here he is all these years later, still does not have that trust. How much sooner, I wonder, would his promise have been fulfilled if he had have learned that lesson sooner? Now, I'm going to ask this because my name is Arliss, and you all know it. I wonder how many of our own individual promises of God 
are not yet come to pass, not because God does not want them to, but because we have not acquired whatever the trait is God wants us to acquire in order to receive them. Simply put, I wonder if there might be some promises God made us a long, long time ago that we're wondering if God changed His mind, but the reason God has not given those to us yet is because we have not learned whatever that lesson is yet. And there has been plenty of time. And here is Abraham. We see him later with Abimelech when he's this close to his promise. And we see him here as a new promisee. I like that, new promisee. And we see this trait way back then. Now watch this. Say, I pray thee, verse 13, you are my sister, that it may be well with me for your sake, and my soul shall live because of you. Whoa. What? Your soul's going to live because of who? I'm a little confused. Because yeah. I kind of thought God's the one that created your soul. <laughs> kind of thought God was the one that gave it to you, right? Right. And he's going to give credit to Sarah for saving his soul. Do you see? Everybody that comes to God, it takes some training and life experience with God to come into the alignment with living for God. We've got things to learn. All of us do. What a shame it is that we would ever get to a place like uh, for us after uh, going to be 31 years in November. After 31 years that we would feel like we've got the hang of this. <laughs> there ain't no more to learn about God. Yeah. No, yeah. No more to learn about that infinite being, huh? Right. You know, the one who is the beginning and the ending. The Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last one it was, is, and is to come. <laughs> Watch this. Uh, it came to pass when Abram was coming to Egypt, they beheld the woman, she was fair. The princes of Pharaoh saw her, told Pharaoh about her, and the woman was taken into Pharaoh's house. He entreated Abram well for her sake. Now look at this. He had sheep, oxen, Asses, men servants, maid servants, she asses, and camels. Now, please pardon my language right here, but Abraham is pimping Sarah out. Do you see this? The king of Egypt has his wife, and he gives Abraham sheep, oxen, he asses, men servants, maid servants, she asses, and camels, and Abraham never says a word. The Lord plagued Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarah, Abram's wife. And Pharaoh called Abram and said, now this is going to sound familiar to you, what is this you have done unto me? Why did you not tell me she was your wife? Why sayest you she is my sister? I might have taken her to me to wife. Now therefore, behold your wife, take her, go away. Pharaoh commanded his men concerning him. They sent him away and his wife and all that he had. 
See, I got to say, a lot of people say they wish they'd been born in the Bible days. Not me. I'm glad that I wasn't one of the people that God chose to write all their victories and all their failures in a book right. so everybody else can learn from. Right. Thank God. Right? But we have a, a peek into God's training with Abraham. He had to train him. Abraham had some things to learn like all of us do, right? But just because he really biffed a lot of his training and delayed his promise didn't disqualify the promise. <laughs> mm. A delayed promise is not a disqualified promise. God does not take his promises back. God will keep that promise and keep working and working and working until we get it right so he can give us the promise he wants to give us. I want to encourage you tonight. Some of those promises that maybe you've become convinced because they've taken so long and maybe you feel like, well, not at my age now or, or maybe I've just messed up so bad that, you know, and then you start to think all the reasons why God really shouldn't. Well, you know what? God had all those reasons before he ever made the promise. And he made it anyway, right? <laughs> and then you think of all the reasons, you know, that you messed up. And, well, I wouldn't blame God if he didn't. Well, okay, maybe you wouldn't blame God. But you can't un-God God. Right. And God made a promise to you. And I'm going to tell every single one of you by name, Deborah, Don, Lori, Travis, Tommy, Tanya, Stacy, Jimmy, Damon, Irish, and anyone else serving God, that if God made you a promise, you're going to get your promise. What I would encourage us to do is stop and start asking God, okay, God, if you can visit the Pharaoh of Egypt and tell him what the problem with Abram was, you can visit me and tell me if I'm delaying my own promise. If you can visit Abimelech and tell him that he's messing with a promise and he better not, you can visit me and tell me if I'm delaying any of the promises you've made to me. If you do that, God will tell you. And if you get it right, God's going to give you that promise. And whatever it is, that you've disqualified yourself from God has not. And whatever it is that you don't think you are anymore, God still sees you as what he said you were when you started. Just like when he told Abimelech, the man's a prophet, he was in the middle of a lie, in the middle of a deceit, and it wasn't the first time. But God still saw him as what he was when he started. Mm. Okay, verse 14, chapter 20. We're coming to a close. I'm not in people doing them 20 minute sermonettes. God bless them. I, 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 I don't know. Uh, <laughs> and Abimelech took sheep. Oh, so let me get this straight. Abraham's getting, getting ready to get paid again for his wife. Any of you guys remember when he saved Lot from the king of uh, those kings 
when they took him, and then the king of Salem, or the king of uh, Gomorrah come out, and he said, I'm going to keep all the sheep, keep all that, just give me the people back. And Abraham said, I'm not keeping any of it, because you're going to say you made me rich. Well, where the heck is that at here? Right. Now, now notice something now. I'm not being too hard on Abraham. Now we, sometimes while we're learning to acquire more of the character that God wants us to have, we'll get it right once, and then guess what we'll do the next time sometimes? We'll completely biff it and act like we didn't know it, didn't get it right the last time. That's exactly what Abraham did. He took all the stuff from the king of Egypt, but then later in his walk with God, when he won a great victory and knew God did it, he wouldn't take any of the riches because he wanted God to get the credit. Well, here he is after that, and he makes the same mistake again. Willful. And he's still Father Abraham. Still a prophet. Still being worked on by God. Abimelech took sheep, oxen, men servants, women servants, gave them to Abraham, restored Sarah, his wife. I like this Abimelech guy. He's got a rapier like wit. I couldn't resist. Sorry, folks. And Abimelech said, Behold, my land is before you. Dwell where it pleases you. Now, he wasn't as smart as Pharaoh. Pharaoh said, Get out of here. Go away. Huh? Abimelech said, You can stay in my land. Don't know why. Under Sarah, he said. Now, remember, he's already rebuked Abraham. Now he's getting ready to, to give it to Sarah. And like Lord would say, the sass level. Watch this. Unto Sarah, he said, Behold, I have given your brother, <laughs> I have given your brother a thousand pieces of silver. Behold, he is to thee a covering of the eyes unto all that are with thee and with all other. In other words, ain't nobody going to even look at you no more, lady. You ain't going to have no friends. Ain't nobody going to talk to you. Don't you worry. We know how to deal with you. And look what it says. Thus she was reproved. He rebuked her. So Abraham prayed unto God. Now, I got to tell you, folks, we know the Bible doesn't tell everything that happens. Because somewhere in here, Abraham had to repent. Somewhere he had to. He's busted. The king's busted him lying again. God's busted him lying again. Abraham prayed unto God and God healed Abimelech. In our world, we would have done that when backwards. We'd have been like Abimelech, verse 17. We'd have been like Abimelech. You need to pray for Abram. So Abram prayed unto God and God healed Abimelech and his wife and his maidservants and they bear children because look what else God had done. For the Lord had fast closed up all the wounds of the house of Abimelech because of Sarah, Abraham's wife. What? How long were they there? You're in protection. Again, this is not a license to behave any way we want. But God does not remove his protection from you when you mess up, folks. So don't let the devil tell you that, kitty. 
Don't let the devil tell you that, Arliss, Damon, Stacy, Jimmy, Deborah, Don, Tanya, Tommy, Lori, Travis. It don't happen. Right after this. See, we would think that Abraham would have done something momentous. Mm. What was it? to cause God to finally bring the promise. It surely must have been a great act of faith on Abram's part, right? No! Look at this! It boggles my mind! How can you not love this God? How can you not trust in His love for you? And as soon as all that happens, the Lord visited Sarah as He said. And the Lord did unto Sarah as He had spoken. God did what he said he was going to do. They wasn't disqualified. You cannot break God's promise. You can only stall it out. You can't disqualify yourself. You can only delay it. Look at this, man. This is backwards from today's modern Christian theology in the big church world. Surely Abraham had to have done something, won a great victory, proved to God. No, Abraham fell flat on his face, told the same lie told before, caused a whole bunch of people to, to sin that had no right to sin, that did not mean to sin, righteous people. And I want you to think about this. Is it any wonder by the time the shepherd boy David shows up, the Philistines hate everybody? Right. Yeah. And you're not going to believe this. But as we read through this, through these next few weeks, we're going to find Abraham's son Isaac doing the same thing to the same king. Ah, wow. uh, yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> but Sarah conceived and bare Abraham a son in his old age. When? At the set time yep. of which God had spoken to him. Now you better remember, when God spoke to Abraham, he didn't say, I'm going to visit you in 85 years, dude. Mm -hmm. yeah. God just told him, I'm going to do this. Right. God didn't bother to tell him the year, the date, and the day. But in Abraham's mind, it sure wasn't the one it happened. Yeah. Abraham came up with a plan B, and her name was Hagar. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. God had to bless Plan B, but it was a counterfeit blessing, and all it's done is cause strife for everybody else for the last several thousand years. So what I want to leave you with tonight, you are not disqualified. You may be delayed, but the length of that delay is entirely up to you. You can stop that delay tonight. Has God made a promise to you somewhere back down the road that he was going to use you for A, B, or C? And it's been a long time, and in your mind when he made the promise, you knew it wasn't going to be on that day, but now you're on this day, and you surely didn't think it was going to take this long. Well, ask God what the delay is. Don't ask him who. <laughs> he can tell you who when he tells you the what. <laughs> right, right. And listen to this. I'm going to say this one more time. 
Because I want to kill this devil in your life tonight forever. I want to give him laryngitis where he's never able to speak in your ear these things again. God has never changed his mind about you. You are his. You are blood-bought. You are blood-covered. It don't take one ounce more mercy for God to keep you right today than it did on the day you got right. And he loves you even more today than he did then. And the reason I know that so is because he knows you better today than he did then. And you are know him more today than you did when you started. You are his. Amen. And all those promises are yours. So, some of our failures, yeah, pretty stupid. Well, okay, let me fix that. This always goes over better when I do this. Some of my failures, real stupid. No excuse. Ain't like I didn't know. Face plant, did it anyway. Okay? Some of the other ones kind of snuck up on me. But they're all mine. And all the way through them all, even when God was not pleased with me, <laughs> I was still His. And so are you. So don't ever evaluate your worth and value to God by how you're good you're doing on any given day. <laughs> because that's not how it works. Now fix what you need to and get on with it. God ain't fired you. And if you go to church, I pastor, I won't fire you. I'm going to keep throwing you in the fire. That's where you're going to go. Keep getting tossed in that fire. Because God's got a job for you to do. And if nobody could do anything that ever face planted, I'd have to close shop because it couldn't do mine. Hmm. 